Hey everyone, I'm Tone Vase and you are watching SA Crypto. Welcome to the final SA Crypto market analysis with myself, James Preston. And myself, Graham Tennant. Yes, you heard correctly. This is sadly our final edition of the SA Crypto Market Analysis. That's because we're incredibly excited to announce that from next week we'll be known as the Global Crypto Market Analysis. This has all been part of a brand new podcast series that we're launching on Monday, 18 May. It's called the Global Crypto Podcast with Luno. And the podcast aims to feature the biggest names in crypto. We have none other than Anthony Pompliano, better known as Pomp. I did not know that. Yeah, I know that that's a bit of a, a difficult pronunciation for us South Africans. I mean, the Americans are going to say pomp, you know, so tough one. We also have one of the world's most foremost macroeconomists, Raul Paul, as well. The full list of interviews include, along with uh, Pomp and Raul, Ricardo Spugni, Meltem Demiris. She was, of course, featured um, in the U.S. congressional hearings about Facebook Libra. Andres Antonopoulos, Stacey Herbert, Arthur Hayes, Joe Lubin, and Charles Hoskinson. The first episode drops on Monday, 18 May, so make sure you're subscribed right here. And uh, we're going to end this episode with a question that you, Graham, actually asked Raul. So we'll feature his answer in this episode uh, at the end of the analysis. For now, though, Graham, things are looking pretty bullish. You've been pretty active on our WhatsApp group as well. So take us through some of the trading setups that you've seen this week. So what I wanted to chat about today, and like you said, I have been um, fairly active on the WhatsApp group recently with some of the trades that I've been putting on. And just wanted to recap some of the trades I've taken recently, which I think will help people just get a better idea of um, uh, you know, the trading strategies and investment strategies, and particularly the difference between both. So what does an investment um, strategy or investment entries look like compared to trading entries and the different uh, mindsets around those? Nice. So what I've got here is a, a daily chart of the Bitcoin dollar price um, at the moment. And so this is a picture of the uh, longer term uh, investment or hodling positions that I've taken uh, recently. So yeah, it's really a broad look at the price action that we've had over the last couple of months. So firstly, if we start off at the, you know, the left hand side of the chart, we had these blue lines showing you that uh, flat bottomed descending triangle. That is your warning to say that, you know, this, this uh, nice bull run that we got from the start of um, 2019 was running out of steam and that was your signal to to potentially uh, you know, downweight your holdings. So because I'm a hodler in many respects and I don't really sell my um, investment holdings, that's not for me a signal to sell. I'm just looking really at, at different uh, points to accumulate more Bitcoin. Okay. So that, but definitely that's not an opportunity for me to accumulate. Um, I spoke for a long period of time on our uh, market analysis about this blue zone. So that's that uh, that top blue bar that I've I've got there in the, in the light blue. Yeah. And that I said was my accumulation zone. So when when, when the price uh, or if the price uh, reached that level, I was keen to buy. So I did get two amounts filled, and that's designated by those two. Uh, red dots. Nice, so, well played. I'm, I'm very happy with those entries, and that was um, just below. Well, it was was you know, the the top of that bar is at six thousand eight hundred. Maybe I was just shift that up a little bit because that is the level that um, 
I spoke quite a bit about. So yep. we're able to get two amounts of um, long-term accumulation uh, entries in there. And that all looked very fine and dandy um, until we hit the 10K area, which again, I felt was an, a, a zone that we were going to battle to get through. And that did prove to be the case. We did uh, pop over that uh, barrier for a little while. We then got the head and shoulders pattern showed by those red um, lines there. And that was our signal to say, look again, this market looks like it wants to turn and, 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 and move bearish. What happened next was um, obviously in line with that sentiment, but we didn't expect that type of set off, at least I didn't. Um, and we got really almost uh, apocalyptic selling. Yeah, it's huge, wasn't <laughs> uh, it? Out of that structure. Unreal. So again, I did have my, my buy orders waiting at that same blue zone at the 6,800 odd level and slightly below. So that's what I, I like to do. I like to phase my entries in, especially on investment period of time. Um, so as it drops further, I, I purchase more. But you know, once it had slipped through that blue zone and it, was, and it was moving further down, then we had to look at further lower entries. So for me, again, as a Bitcoin bull, I'm quite happy in the shorter term to see the price go to lower levels because, again, for me, that's just an opportunity to buy a Bitcoin at a lower price. I had levels set uh, between 4,300 and 4,000, which fortunately I got filled. We did drop slightly lower than 4,000. So we did see numbers starting with a three. I didn't get anything filled at that point. But you know, all in all, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how things have turned out and we've had a really good recovery since that period. And we, it looks like we're going to start challenging that, that uh, 10,000 level again. Yeah. So, so that's kind of been the story of the last couple of months. So that's really how I've um, looked to play this market from an investment uh, perspective. Right. So what about these trades this week? I mean, you are starting to eye out $10,000. Uh, do you think we're going to hit it with this current trade? How confident are you? Yeah. So let's jump into that. So this is the other thing I wanted to show is just a recap of, of the shorter term trades that I've taken during this up leg. And the first thing to, to do is when you are looking to enter shorter term trades is to identify what type of trend we're in. So what, you know, once we started to move strongly off those lows, uh, that was then a signal to me that we've now moved into uh, a bullish leg and we can look at entering some short-term leverage uh, trades. So again, on, with an, on a leverage basis, I'm not looking to pick the bottom. Um, I want to trade with the trend. So once we have the trend reversal, um, then, then then I can look at um, some shorter-term setups. So this was the first one here. And again, my, my, my favorite short-term uh, pattern to trade is a symmetrical triangle. Um, I, was, I got in an entry uh, denoted by this that green uh, circle and effectively my target was that uh, blue line we didn't quite get there so i did sell you know once we had a bit of a dip i traded this on ethereum as well and ethereum worked out uh, quite a bit better and we did hit target there um so you know, it wasn't a, a home run but still made a decent profit on sure. that trade sure. so fairly happy with number one then uh, number two was an interesting one so after that uh, nice move we had quite a bit of sideways action um, I was I was uh, biased bearish at that point in time, but once we got this strong um, uh, four-hour candle on the what was that? That was the 23rd of April. That was my signal to say, look, you know, this could, this is potentially the start of the next leg up. Okay. Uh, fortunately, I, I actually got filled on that wick. You can see that's the green uh, dot there, yep. which is a, a fortunate entry, um, and then we moved quite nicely upwards. Uh, 8,000 was my my target, which we got to. And Murphy's Law, as I took my profit, the market really it just started went, to it, it went nuts, <laughs> get didn't on it? its bike. Yeah, it did. 
So, and that's and that's part of the part of the nature of trading is that you're never going to pick the perfect bottom and the perfect top. Sure. Well, look, you might if you get really lucky. Here we got um, fortunate on the entry. I mean, that's pretty much a perfect entry for what I was looking for. But um, to expect a perfect top is is um, generally wishful thinking. So again, a decent uh, trade there. So happy with that one. So that was effectively two out of two. And then the third one is the current setup that we've got now, which again was another symmetrical triangle. Um, and if you did follow what we were chatting about in the WhatsApp group, once we did get that really explosive uh, move upwards, I was starting to feel more uh, bearish and, and um, unwilling to enter the market, especially once we saw that big, those big green candles, because you do get a higher chance of a big sell-off. So yeah. that's definitely not where I'm looking to take my entries. We then got a consolidation of price, and that was then again the signal to say, okay, this market is now building up energy for the next move. It's still looking bullish. Um, I'm happy to enter, even though perhaps two days before my bias was, was bearish. So I think as a trader, you have to stay malleable. You have to take your um, um, your, your signals from the market um, about what information that you're getting. And as the information changes, you need to be willing to change your, your, your bias. So this is where we are now. So I got an entry within the triangle again in the green zone. I did get stopped out here on one occasion. So this was my second time around, my second entry. Yeah, I remember so, that. It, it sort of, it almost looked like um, the, the breakout was invalidated, but uh, we got going again. We, we did. And again, I had to then shift my um, opinion quite quickly there because uh, I was bullish, got stopped out. Uh, I then did wait um, a period of time to see how the market was going to respond to that. It didn't. Uh, um, Results in further sell-off, uh, which which would have seen us move out of the of that triangle. Mm. Uh, volatility continued to compress, which is an important element for me. So those were the signals to say, look, this pattern is still on. Yes, I got stopped out of the next one, but um, we, we're still on for an upside move. And fortunately, after entering the second time, we've now got a move to the upside. My target is around the 10k level. I'm willing to take profit before the 10k, um, just to bank in that in that profit potentially. But there is a scope for some overperformance above the 10k as well. So yeah, we'll, we'll just have to play it by ear once we get there. But for now, we are sitting in a, a profitable position, uh, still quite a bit of the way from the full target. But um, yeah, um, the way that things have gone the last uh, couple weeks, two months or so, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly happy with um, with the results so far. Yeah, it's been it's been a great run uh, in the last few weeks. And it's going to be interesting to see where this goes, because how many times does Bitcoin break a psychological barrier like it did with eight thousand dollars and it just keeps running so one wonders if we break ten thousand dollars if the fomo of the the retail market kicks in yeah 100 percent. so bitcoin always has the ability to surprise and um i mean there are technical analysis that follow an rsi uh, type of indicator which shows where when the, the market is overbought and oversold um for me I think, I mean, almost the whole of 2017, we sat in the in the extreme oversold situation and the market just kept on flying. So, um, yeah, that, that's just uh, <laughs> something to keep in mind with Bitcoin. And then it can stay oversold for extended periods of time as well. So personally, I don't find it terribly helpful, um, but um, that just speaks to the nature of Bitcoin and the fact that uh, it can swing from one extreme to the next and stay extreme uh, for extended periods of time. 
All right. So, um, Graham, as promised, we said we would uh, bring the audience a question that uh, you, Graham, asked Raul Powell. Uh, he's the former hedge fund manager. I think it was JP Morgan, where uh, one of the big banks that he worked. He worked at a couple. He's got quite a decorated career. Uh, but now he's uh, founded an economic media company called Real Vision. So you can check him out, realvision.com. Um, Graham, in a nutshell, what did you ask Raul? Sure. So, so what I was interested to ask Raul, because he is from the uh, investment world, from the institutional side primarily, is what uh, does he think it's going to take for um, the institutional investor to see Bitcoin and crypto as a legitimate alternative um, investment? And you know, we always say, well, you always hear in the in the in the crypto world, when when institutional money, you know. So that's yeah. a, a very when, common question. Yeah. But. Um, why not ask institutions <laughs> what when when institutional money? So that's really what I wanted to get across to Raul um, and hear his um, uh, point of view on that topic. Right. Well, let's uh, take a listen to his answer. Okay. So how I see this playing out is that I think almost everybody is aware of Bitcoin, right? So that's been a great thing. I think that people, several institutions are looking at what kind of allocation. They're starting to understand that it potentially plays a future for them. But right now it's too small a market to care. You know, it's still, it's it's valued less than, you know, the, a middle stock in the S&P. So it's not big enough yet to put institutional capital. But I think of it like a it's like a short call that the more the price goes up and the market cap goes up, the more they'll get sucked in. So I think it's a function of price more than anything. Now, and the, the, the more it goes up, the larger the market cap, the more people will take it seriously. And then over time, the volatility will diminish as more players come into the market and there's more buying and selling and less hoarding. So I think that comes, but it takes time. But the option on the financial system part is also very interesting. And that's where family offices and others are being involved in this, is they, you know, they have seen where the world is going and how much monetary printing and financial disorder, whether it's the dollar standard or whether it's the central bank's reliance on printing money, they realize that the outcomes are going to be bad. What does that mean? They don't know, but they know they're likely to lose purchasing power. So I think Bitcoin offers a tantalizing view of a different world. But even if you're not negative, but we go back to the millennials and their drive for a new world. Well, they don't trust the banking system because of 2008. It was very prevalent in their mindset. They also don't trust the existing system and how corrupt it is. And they also want to do things immediately. What? Three days for a bloody payment from one bank to another? It's crazy. So their desire for ease, convenience and a different digital world of which they're comfortable in means that they're going to push for this anyway. Also understand that these guys are the kids who grew up buying digital assets online, like swords in Minecraft or whatever. And they know that digital assets have a value like real assets. So they don't have that intellectual leap 
that the baby boomer has to go. It's like, what do you mean? How can you charge for something online that doesn't exist? Well, it does exist. It just exists digitally. So I think all of these forces come together all at the same time, which is why there's such an amazing tailwind behind what Bitcoin is. And then you've got, and again, you'll know it from South Africa, is currency restrictions and transfer payments and all of that other stuff. There's another whole need for this. So you have so many use cases all coming together at one point. And that's before we start talking about blockchain and Ethereum and all the other things that could happen with this. Just at the simple level, adoption will happen. And the more it goes up, the more it'll get adopted. It's as simple as that. It's going to be available on Monday, 25 May. Um, and in the interview, he gives his thoughts on the South African economy, also how he got his unique name as well. Of course, the Global Crypto Podcast is proudly brought to you by Luno, Africa's leading cryptocurrency wallet and exchange. They've also just launched their Litecoin wallet and trading as well. So check them out, luno.com. Graham? We're going to leave it there for this edition, our final SA Crypto market analysis. Our next analysis is going to be in the week of the Global Crypto podcast launch. That's about two weeks time. Um, And if you like, you guys can join us on our WhatsApp group where you can follow Graham's analyses as well as a number of other experienced investors as well. Pop us an email on WhatsApp at sacrypto.co.za and we will email you back with a link to that WhatsApp group. That's a wrap of the SA Crypto market analysis for the final time in this version from myself, James Preston. And myself, Graham Tennant. To the moon, baby. Cheers for now. SA Crypto is not a registered financial advisory, and the information provided in this market analysis is for informational purposes only. Each audience member is responsible for their own financial decisions, and SA Crypto cannot be held responsible for any decisions made by those within its audience. SA Crypto strongly encourages all audience members to consult a professional and registered financial advisor before making any financial decisions.